there's all this shame and darkness and ugliness that I've associated with it that I didn't know how to deal with. And I was so scared that I started running from it. But the thing about running is that at some point, because there will come a point, whether I want it to or not, that I have to slow down, take a breath and learn how to walk. Welcome to the How to Empower, Create, Encourage podcast. You're here with me, your host, Alessandra Guerra. (laughs) Welcome. It's good to be back. There's something I feel really compelled to share today. This episode's going to be a little bit different, a little bit more personal. I want to share about my relationship with depression. That's what I want to talk about today. And I want to share a story with you of a time before my relationship with depression, which ironically, I think best illustrates my relationship with depression. But before continuing, I'd like to give a trigger warning. I will be sharing a bit about my relationship with depression. So if you think this will be an unhealthy experience for you, please listen to How to Empower, Create, Encourage Healing in Your Life, which is in Season 1, Episode 4, or listen to Coming to Self Journey with Avery Bishop in Season 2 and Episode 1 instead. If you're still here, hi. Have you ever seen someone and been instantly curious about them? When I was in third grade, I was coming back from the bathroom and I saw a boy outside his classroom leaning against the wall with his foot pressed against it. Why was he out in the hallway? Why was he leaning like that? Who was he? A teacher came out and whispered something to him and then went back into the room. The boy looked at me and smirked. He winked, and then he went back into his classroom. I don't remember the transition of this happening, but suddenly, John R. and I were hanging out at recess all the time together, and he would ask me to watch him play basketball and to sit close to the net because I was his lucky charm. He was also a Latino immigrant, so that was another strong connection for us. I developed a huge crush on this daredevil. He was good at sports, games, he spoke Spanish, he was sweet, He was romantic, he made me laugh, and he was exciting. We spent every single recess together. And then one day, we didn't. And another day, we didn't. And another day. And another day. He hadn't been to school for two weeks at this point. And I had no idea what had happened to him. And to me, as a child, this time away felt like months and eternity. And I was sad. I missed him. One day, I was in the library with one of my friends, and our librarian came up to us and said that tomorrow was play day for the second graders, and that she wanted us to be team captains. Now, this was a huge honor, because only fourth graders got to be captains. Then, she shared with us our co-captain's names. John R. was mine. Oh, my heart was so elated. It was fate. We were meant to be. But, she looked at me and said, Team captains need to arrive early, so no arriving late tomorrow, she looked at me. (laughs) Otherwise, I will reassign. My heart sank a little. My family and I were constantly running late. The next day, we were running late, and I literally jumped from the car (laughs) and started running to the office. In my excitement to get there on time, I tripped over a crack in the sidewalk. First of all, who does that? Who trips over a crack in the sidewalk? (laughs) I skinned my knees. I started bleeding immediately. I can still picture the red blood stains. So my dad carried me into this school office. 
My dad and the school secretary were so worried about me, they started wiping me with alcohol, paper towels, and all sorts of first aid things. Do you want to go home? The secretary asked. Ali, are you okay? My dad asked. My chest was pounding. Can I still be team captain? I started pushing away the paper towels. Can I please still be team captain? The secretary looked at my dad. Do you want to rest? Team captains have to walk a lot today. I feel great. I really did. Please, can I go? The secretary looked at my dad. My dad looked at me. I'm like, please, can I go? My dad was like, are you sure you're okay? And I was like, si, por favor. Yes, please. Okay. I was so excited. I almost jumped off the desk where my dad had placed me so they could clean up my knees. I ran, literally ran outside to where the captains and their teams are. I found my team and I looked around. No, Jonar. Okay, that's okay. He also runs late. We're okay. We start going throughout the stations with all the little kids. There are all sorts of games on the playgrounds and snacks. Snow cones, hot dogs, and pretzels. We get to a game where we play with a colorful tent. Okay, where is he? We get to another game where I can't even pay attention. Where is he? We get to the third game, a shoe toss competition, where we kick our shoes as far as we can. The second graders are having so much fun competing, but I look around and my heart sinks. He's not coming. He's gone. He hasn't been here for two weeks. He's not coming. And in that moment, my knees start to ache. My body starts to hurt. My hands, my elbows. The pain is so bad, I can't stand up any longer. I want to collapse on the ground and cry. And I want to stay here and cry in the middle of the field. But I also want to go home. But I don't have the strength to walk to the office so I can call my dad. And in this moment of all sorts of physical and emotional turmoil in my little kid head, I start hearing my name. Throw your shoe, Alessandra, throw your shoe. What? Can't they see how much I'm hurting? I don't, I can't move, I'm done. This is as far as I go, just let me rest now. But the second graders are relentless. Throw your shoe, Alessandra, throw your shoe. I look at them and I know they won't stop until I do what they're asking. So I rub my shoe against my calf and loosen it. And even though I know I don't have any strength left for this, And I don't know if I can say that I really tried because my heart wasn't in it. But out comes this most pathetic little kick. And the shoe only goes a couple feet. And the kids cheer. And before I can process that, I hear a voice. A playful and confident voice. Really? Is that the best you can do? And my heart swells. I recognize that voice immediately. It's John R. I turn around and I see him smirking and I start smiling too. The rest of that day was amazing. I had so much fun. The reason I share that story with you is because I want to talk about that moment. That moment before the pathetic little kick. The moment where I know my effort is not going to mean very much. I know the shoe won't go very far, but it's all that I can do. I want to give up. I want to talk about that moment where I want to give up. I want to sit down and I also want to go home, but I can't take the steps to get home. That's the moment that best describes my relationship with depression. And after that moment, there's a voice, a playful and confident voice that asks, Really? Is that the best you can do? And when I hear it, 
I catch my breath and it stays frozen on my chest because when I hear that voice, I know I can get up. It gives me the confidence and strength to keep going and the comfort that there are still things I will be excited about and things I will love and enjoy. Sometimes after dark and painful moments, the voice I hear is my own and sometimes it's my friends or my families. I'm grateful for their love and their support I receive from them because there was a time where I was incredibly depressed to the point where I was non-functional, where I was suicidal. And it's kind of weird to say that out loud in a podcast. But after I healed from that, I just never wanted to go back ever and it scares me to think that I could I've been terrified of that for so long to think that I could so I've been running as hard and fast as possible to put as much distance between me and that as possible because I don't want to go back but then I realized that's not very healthy to always be running from something so recently I decided to embrace it and I wanted to say the phrase I was so scared to say this is why I did the podcast today because I'm terrified to say this phrase and maybe because of the label that comes with it, but it's time to stop running and breathe because I could really use a healthy breath. And the phrase that's so scary to say, even to myself, is I have depression. My name is Alessandra Guerra. And I have depression. And I've decided to stop running. And I've decided to create new systems in place to help me breathe and be healthy. There were ones I had that were going to the gym, to the library, going thrift hunting for books and art, going out with friends and events. And all of those are paused right now because of COVID restrictions and safety measures, and that's okay. It means it's time to evolve. So what I want to share with anyone who is in the same boat or anyone who is a support to someone in the same boat or maybe to someone who doesn't even understand how not to sink in this boat or maybe to someone who would never even consider getting on this boat and doesn't understand people who are in this boat. If I could just share three things. One is that whatever your experience is, you have worth. You don't need to do anything to earn that. You are enough as you are. You are beautiful and brilliant as you are. Just because there is darkness doesn't mean there is no light. I'll talk a little bit more about this in another episode, but I had a false and deluded belief that just because there is darkness in me and shadows that it meant that I couldn't shine, and that's not true. Everyone and anyone can shine, and sometimes brighter because of the darkness they come from. The second thing I wanna share is that it's okay to let people in. Choose your people and then allow yourself to be vulnerable with them. Whether that means asking for their help to help you stand up again, to get excited again, or asking them to breathe with you. Both are okay. Your people will love you if you let them, let them, because you are worthy of that. 
Number three is that even though some of the breathers, some of the lifelines are gone, maybe because of COVID or something else, we can create new ones. My invitation for you today will be that if you're currently having a hard time breathing, ask for help. And if you're breathing just fine, then do something kind for someone and show them that they are worthy of love. Because you could be someone's lifeline. You could be someone's breath. And being someone's breath is as simple as smiling at them and just reinforcing that they're loved. When I was in the depths of my depression, just something as simple as someone smiling was a huge breath for me. And for me, it was a lifeline. So do something kind and spread some love. Today, I'm just going to end a little bit differently. It's just a little bit more personal today. But what I want to end with is I want to share my firm belief that we were created by God to be happy and that that's the purpose of this life experience. Well, one of the purpose, there's multiple purposes, but one is definitely to be happy. And I believe in my heart that we can do that. Now, I want to share with you that I know that you can create the life, the love, the reality, and the world that you want. I believe in you. So go and create something beautiful. P.S. You're beautiful. Oh, thank you.